Fred. Okay, good morning everybody. Morning. Sorry. <laughs> Started, uh, it's a change of venue today. Yeah, slightly more echoey feel to things. We're possibly. in the recording studio at the bottom of my garden called The Shed. I call it The Summer House. Sorry. <laughs> the Summer House. Uh, looking out over my garden. The Rolling hills yeah. of Barnet. The sun is streaming through the windows. It is. It's a beautiful day out there. Children are frolicking. And we are bringing you, I believe, number five in our series now. It is. We've set ourselves a big target for today. How many? You haven't told me this yet. No. Well, I want to get through to the end of GCSE. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one more Cold War, two divided unions, and maybe one or two Vietnam Wars. So, so we're seeing the rest of the Cold War today? I think it's one go right now. Wow. That's going to be <laughs> huge. Uh, oh, 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 we've got, we've got children. All right. They're okay, they've been called back. They've been called back. Um, so, well, we we last spoke to you... When I was actually still employed at Owens. Yeah, you, know, you are now in the pay of another body. I'm an independent teaching consultant coming to right. the podcast. That's right. Hang on, we've got, we've got children. I'm going to have to pause. Sorry about that. That's all right. My children have gone out now. So uh, we can press on. Anyway, yeah, we, we kind of covered uh, up to 1956 quite badly. Didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so I was tired. It was an emotional week. Yeah, it's very hard at the end of the term. So now we're going to push on and maybe... Uh, I know that you, people like the digressions, don't they? Mm. But I'm saying we've got some history to cover. We do, because at the end of the day it's about an exam. Exactly. It's about your future. You know, if you put down for history as I'm sure many of you will have. Most people do. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, you need a B. And the fact that you've got an A star in your mock and an A star in your end of summer Means term, nothing. Irrelevant. That counts for nothing now. We want to see that piece of paper. Oh, to be honest, we don't like, well, Owen, don't like big class sizes. No. Give us an excuse. You're out. Yeah. The fact that you've got 96% in your coursework yeah. means that they will not hold water. So, oh, hang on. We've got more children action. Sorry, this is a stuttering, faltering stuff. Right, we'll keep it going. We'll keep it going. What? Well, um, we have a pudding. Yes. Oh. <laughs> They're doing a dance. Bye bye. Right, now go away. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Probably about six minutes. <laughs> okay. no, nothing. Nothing. Historical yet. Oh, she's back. Let's get back for more. Okay, she's gone. Anyway, so let's talk about the Berlin Wall. You can try. <laughs> right, that's good. Now I've gone. Uh, the Berlin Wall, as you know, Mr. Street, is something very close to my heart. Yes, uh, you love it. You know more about it than any man I know. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an accolade. I've asked a lot of people. <laughs> uh, shall we look at the causes of the Berlin Wall? Okay. First of, uh, first of all, let's talk about the thorny issue of defectors. Okay. Can I ask you to put yourself in the position of a leading political figure in the GD, or mm -hmm. the German Democratic Republic? We, okay. we, we mocked and rubbished. To some extent, the other day. Quite rightly. Uh, you're you're the you're in charge of the GDR. Every month, you're getting figures coming through. This many people have left the GDR this month. How do you feel? Nervous. Yeah. The starters. Yeah. Nervous, worried, annoyed, angry, resentful, hurt, hurt, hurt yeah. uh, angry again. Oh. Um, but I'm going to go back to nervous because basically Moscow is going to be on my back. Yes. And. Um, Moscow will be wondering why this is going on, and if I'm the political leader of the German Democratic Republic, it's up to me to make the GDR look good. And if everyone's yes. rushing out of there, look, using any reason to escape, mm -hmm. then I'm going to look weak and um, 
and lacking in any kind of control, yeah. and it will obviously reflect very badly on communism. Yeah. So it's got to stop. Can I just introduce what credibility? Please. People said GDR lacks credibility, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they had to do something about it. Mm. Uh, and it, it wasn't just any old Tom, Dick or Harry, mm. or should or I say, <laughs> Ulrich, Frank, <laughs> and Nico, who <laughs> named the German department. <laughs> it wasn't just any one of those. Where did you get Ulrich from? Okay, I just saw my cousin for breakfast and her boyfriend's called Ulrich. Really? But he's from uh, Denmark. Oh. <laughs> so well, it's the German theatre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it's doctors, lawyers, teachers, teachers, dare I say it. It's the elite in society. Who we are, the elite. <laughs> who are fleeing into the reception centre. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, if you put me in a position, if you were, or you are a member of the elite, as we've just described, if you're living in the GDR, yeah. you wouldn't be happy. You're being told what to teach in history. You're being mm. told exactly how to teach. Mm. And, um... No, so go away. Go away. Sorry. No, go away. <laughs> we're just going to pause there. Anyway, uh, so the point is, there was a there was a kind of refugee reception centre in Berlin, which was receiving thousands of people on a, a monthly basis. And uh, as we drew to the end of the 1960s, the numbers were going up and up and up. And uh, this was a this was 1950. Sorry, this was a cause of real embarrassment to the, the GDR. Let's bring some other factors. Uh, situation in Cuba, maybe I was thinking. Yeah, um, 1959 revolution. Absolutely, well, Fidel Castro has overthrown Fulgencio yeah. Batista. Nice. Communism has now established a sort of stepping stone, a, a base. There, I say it, mm -hmm. uh, 40 odd miles off the Florida coast. Good, good um, geography. Thanks very much. Um, and you know, the, the the Cold War is hotting up again. Yeah, and can I just mention the failed Bay of Pigs invasion of '61? Yeah, it's all um, causing tension. Yeah, JFK has sort of at the last minute pulled the plug on supporting a re-revolution yeah. in Cuba. Counter-revolution. Counter-revolution, maybe is actually the word. Um, but again, suggesting that the Americans are, are looking to deal with communism. Yeah. And uh, again, Berlin is the focus of all, all the concerns and the worries. Can I say Gary Powers? Gary Powers and you too. <laughs> Not. No. No, obviously, Not the, which we'll walk away from. Maybe. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. You can say Gary Powers, you two spy plane, um, captured in um, USSR somewhere, right? somewhere, somewhere random in the USSR. Can I say Yakutsk. You don't be so rude to me. <laughs> Yakutsk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's all sorts of factors which have, have led to the 1960s, early 1960s, seeing the rise in concern, sort of reflecting the late 1940s, really. Yeah. Um, so. The GDR got their wall. They did. Can we just bring a little bit of specialist knowledge? Uh, this is why you're here. <laughs> Khrushchev wasn't actually that keen on the Berlin Wall. Really? Yeah, he felt <laughs> exactly. Really? He, he felt wasn't. kind of a bit pressured into it by the GDR, and in the end, he gave into them because he right. thought, well, I can get away with it because of everything we've just listed. If that's the way it's going to be, then that's where it's going to be. But it was something he wasn't that keen on, and it was really a, an East German mm. initiative. But as far as the world were concerned, it was a communist initiative mm. and as you pointed out the other day GDR should be GPR German Puppet Republic mm -hmm. and that's how everyone viewed it so the Berlin Wall went up and uh, many a sad story so difficult to really put across sat in a shed in Barnet in the year 2007 what it must it's have been like not a shed uh, summer house in Barnet in 2007 
what it must have been like to actually wake up in Berlin the day, the night mm -hmm. that the, the first wall, or the first beginnings of the wall was starting to be built, and yeah. actually just look out and seeing your city just... Imagine a wall just appearing down the centre of Barnet High Street. <sighs> Terrifying. Exactly. I would be carved from McDonald's. You'd never <laughs> be able to get to Popper's Bar again. Well, no, imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> imagine that. Woohoo! Let's build that wall. <laughs> I'd be unemployed. Yeah, that's true. Um, the school would have no pupils anyway. You might have escaped, or you might, you might come up with a cunning escape plan mm. involving... Hot air balloon. Hot air balloon, uh, uh, a zip line. Or I might just do the old stroll casually up to the wall and <laughs> run for it. <laughs> and sprint like a mad and try and fly over it. Uh, anyway, I think everyone knows a lot about the actual intricacies of the bird. Yeah, and it's so interesting. And, you know, can we just recommend again Stars New Man? Yes. Every opportunity. I think we should... Stasiland should be writing to us or sending us yeah. lots of free copies, or we should get yeah. Stasiland t-shirts. Yes, I think that would be good. Stasiland cats. I don't, know, I don't know if there's that much merchandise associated with Stasiland franchise. Stasiland <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's push on. Let's push on. Uh, let's talk about Cuba, because I mean, with Berlin, of course, it's a big, big thing, but Cuba has to say, you have to say, tops the bill. It's, it's, it's the big one. It it's the, um, it's the... Trying to think of an analogy. Um, it's the big one. The big one. <laughs> I think that'll do as an analogy. I, mean, I can talk about Cuba for hours. Uh, I've bored really? many a GCSE class with my. my I stories. can't believe that. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I have actually. My stories of seven weeks hitching around Cuba back yeah, in 2000 and back in 1998. I don't think I knew about that. Did you not know? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, 2000. Not, no, no, 1998, went with a couple of mates, and we arrived in Cuba, somewhat naively, yeah. ready to travel around. Uh, no infrastructure for the student traveller. Right. And How thoughtless um, of the Cubans. Absolutely. But the, the sort of communist approach was, let everybody... The communist approach was, let everybody... Um, help each other, and that came right down to even just giving people lifts everywhere. And it's government policy in Cuba that every government vehicle must give a ride to hitchhikers. There is a position outside every town in Cuba where, if you're waiting to travel to another place, I mean, it might change the last 10 years, but definitely the principle is there. You wait, and there is a sort of established culture of hitchhiking. It's wow. called la botella, mm. which means to make the bottle. And if you, uh, if you I'm doing it now, you can't see, because it's not a video podcast, but if you do the whole thumbing action when yeah. you're waiting, kind of looks like a bottle, you could argue. Well, it doesn't really, <laughs> but that's the Cuban argument. So to hace yeah. la botella yeah. is, to, um, is to hitch around Cuba, and we spent many, many sort of days just sort of travelling around on various weird forms of transport around Cuba. We had an ice lorry mm. one year. That's the main device. Uh, no, it wouldn't have got far in Cuba, mm, but it right. did have just a big block of ice in the back. Really? It's very cool. We sort of hung out the side. Literally. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I met that guy. Um, and what else did we have? We had a huge truck, which health and safety was about nightmares over. Well, that's the good thing about the third um, world. Yeah, fascinating. Um, so, did you go to Guantanamo? Oh, no, we didn't go to Guantanamo. We went to Santiago, which is near Guantanamo. It's in Chile. Uh, no, Santiago de Cuba, uh. which, interestingly, is where Castro first tried a revolution in 1952 well, I never. and uh, succeeded in capturing Santiago but was soon rejected and returned mm. to the hills for the next six, seven right. years. Then started a revolution again with Che or mm. Ernesto Che Guevara mm -hmm. uh, and then travelled through Cuba. Anyway, I am digressing. Yeah, certainly. You, you're going for it yeah, then. Yeah. You know, your Berlin is my Cuba. Yeah, yeah, um, fair enough. Um, so can you just tell me the significance of Cuba to America? 
Well, geographically, it's, it's vital. It's the biggest island in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, it's the first one that was colonised way back in uh, 1520 by Columbus. Right. Um, so, you know, sort of symbolically, it's regarded as one of the most important islands, mm -hmm. originally known as Hispaniola. Right. Um, and Cuba turning communist in 1959 was a disaster, essentially, for America. Can I just say Cuba didn't turn communist? You're right to say that. Actually, this was brought up by um, by uh, I mean, uh, by Jenny Welch, a year 10 student. Okay. It, didn't, it wasn't officially communist until 61. That's correct, December um, 61. But Castro clearly had kind of communist ideals. Left-leaning. Yeah, and he wanted to get rid of the capitalist enemy that was Batista, who had yes. very strong American links and... Uh, was seen to be destroying um, the Cuban people yes. through greed and uh, corruptness. Can I just talk about nationalisation of industries? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a term which gets used and not everyone knows what it means exactly. It's to take something from private ownership into state ownership. And in Cuba, what that really meant was stealing everything yeah. from the American government. Yeah. They didn't buy the oil industries of the American government. They just took them over. Mm. So in effect, they have stolen everything from America. And that's, I think... I don't think that went down well. No. Uh, you know, stealing rarely does. So, um, how did Eisenhower retaliate? I think it would be supposed to be that question. <laughs> He's used to buy the sugar. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just thought Eisenhower sugar. I thought it was a term of endearment that you had for Eisenhower. <laughs> JFK, dear. Uh, Eisenhower, yeah, sugar, which was a Cuba, and still is Cuba's main export. Well, Cuba, the biggest exporter of sugar good in the it. world. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Cuban, what they do. Cuban sugar mm. is delicious, hence Cuban rum, all distilled from mm, sugar and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, you carry on, because I actually don't know that bit. Oh, really? Okay, well, because they made so much sugar, it was essential that someone bought it off them. Oh, well, so I thought, well, I'm not going to buy it. Then, yeah. And then, you know, stick that in your cigar and smoke it. Yeah, you're not going to smoke much sugar in no. a cigar. And twice uh, they refused, and then uh, the Russians stepped in and said, we'll buy it. Yeah. I don't know if Russia needed any sugar. Probably not. Um, but there certainly would have been a lot of sugar available mm -hmm. in Russia in the early 60s because they were buying up the Cuban harvest. Don't need sugar for vodka or no. potatoes. You might. Yeah, that's all I eat. Yeah. yeah, I'm now being cool again. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, my daughter just wanted to tell me that she could see a chicken. Also, there was a ball over the other side of the fence. Yeah. Just, if, if everyone could have seen it, I'm going to try and paint the picture. Having just talked about the Berlin Wall, Mr. Ewan is lifting his daughter over the fence to go and get the mm. ball from next door. was incredibly reminiscent of the picture of the soldier ah. picking, up the babe, picking up the small child to lift them over the yeah. wire fencing. It was, it was really quite oh, poetic. Quite a powerful actually, image. Right? Very powerful image. Anyway, Bay of Pigs fiasco we've already talked about, 1961. Yeah. Strengthened Castro's hand. Makes Castro look like the hero against the American enemy. Declaration of Communism, December 1961. And then the missile crisis. Ooh <laughs> uh, well, where to begin? I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to go through the missile crisis. We're no, or should we say that you, you, everyone knows about? Everyone knows crisis. what happened, don't they? It was really dramatic, really important. I think you just need to sit down, get your notes open, and learn it. Do you, in your class, do you get much guffawing at the use of the word erector? No, no, actually, no, no. That's good maturity from yeah. your classes. No, no, I wouldn't say that. Maybe thought about it. Right. <laughs> But I tell you what, there is a lot of reporting at is Kevin Costner's accent in 13 days. <laughs> this is your report card. Your report card. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful to see an American who can't do an American yeah. accent. Very I thought JFK and Bobby were very good. They were fine. Film. And in fact, JFK later reappeared in iRobot. And 
as the company owner. Does he? And yeah. well, Bobby reappears in Desperate Housewives. Does he? The first series of Desperate Housewives as husband of Bree Vanderkamp. I never knew that because I've never seen it. No, that's probably why you don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a few faces in there that yeah. appear in other Old world faces. Uh, other world yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, well, the Cuban Missile Crisis ultimately was resolved through diplomacy and an awareness that this was all getting horribly out of hand. Yeah. Um, we've all been there. And a realisation that actually Khrushchev and JFK didn't want to destroy the world. That's correct. Who, d- who does? I think some of the Americans and Russian back, you know, sort of, well, I guess I, they wanted to destroy the world, but certainly they were ready to go to war. I, I mean, I don't know if anyone's. I mean, I'm, I'm talking now. It's early April 2007. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone saw 24 on Sunday. I didn't. I'm oh saving it for the whole. DVD, terrifying. Was it terrifying? The some of the the American vice president. Really? Yeah. I won't. I won't spoil it. No, don't. Okay. Uh, anyway, that gave way to a period of détente. Mm-hmm. The the rubbish analogy I always use <laughs> is. As a kind of late teenager, I don't mean late as in dead, I mean <laughs> late as in X, 17, 18, 19, right. quite frequently you'll drive very dangerously fast and badly, yeah. almost hit a tree or run over an animal, and then you'll think to yourself, hang on a minute, yeah. let's just slow down a bit, let's <laughs> take it easy. So then drive like old woman style, exactly. or old man style, not yeah, yeah, yeah. So then ageist. You realise you've been reckless, and then you want to uh, to calm things down. I've got an analogy coming up, but you're just going to hit pause. Okay, that's it. Pause with my wife. Oh, it's all going. It does. When I promise a quiet venue, we're going to be quiet for it. This going to be quiet for a bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, my analogy was going to be, oh, yeah. you know, again as a late teenager or any time really, you know, when you have a big row with your boyfriend. Girlfriend, I've done had a row with my boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> you know, we get on too well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've had a big, real blazing round. I think, right. you know, and you, oh, I'm walking out, or, you know, right. and then wow. you, you make things up, and then afterwards for a bit, you're really nice to each other. Yeah. You always make coffee, and yeah. um, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> and other things, and, uh, oh, you know, oh, generally, oh. <laughs> you generally make an effort, real real effort, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. things, oh, I think that's sort of a bit like this. Yeah. And then maybe... After about three weeks of that, you slightly slip back into your old ways. Yeah. That might be like Brezhnev coming to power. Yeah, exactly. Or that might be like Johnson deploying troops in Vietnam. Exactly. exactly. Or that might be like Brezhnev crushing the Prague Spring in 1968. Absolutely. So even though you've made a bit of an effort, essentially, the deep issues of your relationship yeah. are still there. <laughs> yeah, which is encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, if you've ever rowed with your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, or other partner, uh, essentially, you should probably break up with them in some yeah. like I don't think so don't do it just in case you're wondering don't do it so yeah detente we we say detente started in 1962 63 yeah hotline relaxation of tension good phrase to remember it hotline nuclear test ban wasn't a hotline no it was telex telex wasn't it telex yeah and I've also heard did he tell me this or maybe never used never used Uh, I think it was used in Afghanistan right first time debut Um, an angry telex was sent through get out Afghanistan. Exactly. Stop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the telex was it was symbolic, you know, as was the test ban treaty. Mm. Um, so that period that ran through to 1979, but it was punctuated by many, many uh, a problem, mm. as we and we've just given some examples. Do you uh, just do the good bits of data on? What yeah. Okay. Do, what actually? Okay. Sort of features so hotline test ban. Test ban treaty, non-proliferation, uh, non-proliferation 68. 68, yeah. Uh, salt one. Yeah, 
So one which was preceded by quite a few years of talks yeah. leading up two to years of the talks. treaty in 72. Um, so two, so which only talks, no treaty. Yeah, itself. never ratified is a good word. Yes. Um, uh, Helsinki, 1975, International Human, human rights. rights Agreement signed by 70-ish, lots, but lots. Mm, lots of states. Lots Can of we also states. throw in that state visits yeah. uh, to to Washington, Moscow, etc. Uh, kind of joint scientific space exploration type activity, yeah. cultural, detente, ballet, ping pong uh, diplomacy, ping pong diplomacy, um, economic detente, yeah. more cooperation, trade, chess. and stuff. chess. <laughs> well, hang on, uh, wasn't. Mm. Was chess part of Daytona? Was chess part of that? Well, I think I think chess, along with the ping pong diplomacy, along with the sort of space, you know, it was sort of moving the battlefield mm. of communism and capitalism away from the physical battlefield and onto the sort of cultural plane. Imagine if all of the world's problems could be resolved over a game of chess. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't want to be playing against that seven-year-old who beat me in Moscow. No, well, I didn't even have the guts to sit down yeah. at the table in Moscow with yeah. a seven-year-old. I was too intimidated. It was it, was it early seventies Fisher against um, yeah. Karpov. Yeah, the big the big one that Fisher the man. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Spassky versus Spassky? Spassky, Spassky versus Karpov Fisher later on. Uh, um, and one or both of them went mad, as is often the case with chess yeah. players. No disrespect to any chess players listening. No, but you've got to be like, if you're one of the best chess players, you go mad because you literally live and breathe it. Yeah, literally. Literally. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so detente, yeah, plodded along with some good things. There were some bad things, though, as we said. Brezhnev was aggressive. Vietnam was a problem. Czechoslovakia was a problem. Uh, 1977 Belgrade summit where Ooh. Jimmy Carter rounded on Brezhnev and said, y you know, you signed a human rights agreement in 75. I don't see any human rights. Mm. What's the deal? Was that the little-known Carter doctrine? Uh, yeah, it was the Carter was doctrine was was that human rights would be linked to military detente. Well, I think it was sort of it was a kind of echo of the Truman doctrine. It was Carter basically getting a bit tougher on the Russians. Was it? Again, I don't think it's very, very unlikely to come up, but mm. I've just seen it referred to once or twice. So the Carter Doctrine was kind of Jimmy Carter's idea. Jimmy Carter was a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and a peanut farmer. And I think both of those things influenced his policy. Absolutely. Um, In crucial ways. Yeah. Yeah, particularly when it came to peanut mm. and Well, everyone knows what, how important peanuts are in the nuclear fission process. Exactly. Can I just say... 25th of December 1979. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, <laughs> Afghanistan! Yes, indeed. How do you like some of this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know how many people in Afghanistan genuinely celebrate Christmas. I think many of them will be Muslims. Yeah. So, um, but still. Still a bit cheeky. You might want a stocking or something. Yeah. Not some kind of <laughs> missile landing <laughs> in the front room. <laughs> yeah. Father Christmas comes <laughs> through the chimney, yeah. not a. Yeah. Bomb. You know, if, it wouldn't, if the Americans declared war on someone on Christmas Day, they would probably paint their missiles to look like Father Christmas. Mm. Cause <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very thin, pointy Father Christmas. It's the kind of thing they do. I, I think you'd have a. I think they'd have a kind of red Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer yeah. nose on the yeah. end. That's American humour. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like American military humour. Yeah. Anyway, that made a real mess of everything. Yeah. What I, what I don't know so much is why is it Brezhnev can brutally crush the chess pe the chess the Czech people's <laughs> spirit mm. and that's okay. Dayton continues. Then 
tries to brutally crush the Afghanistan people's spirit, and then we've got a second Cold War on our hands. Hmm. Thoughts? No. Carter? Do you think there's an element of Carter? Uh, the fact that, you know, 68, Vietnam's going on, uh, American attention has turned elsewhere, they don't mm. feel the right to have a go at Czechoslovakia, yeah. them going into Czechoslovakia, mm. because they're mixing it up in yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Carter, the Christian, has sort of turned, peanut farmer. peanut farmer, has turned on Brezhnev in 77, and two years later, he's at it he's again. At it again. Maybe. Um, I don't know, it's, a, it's an odd one, but the fact is it did trigger this terrible second phase mm which uh, we, I can remember from my childhood, I have to say, the, the nuclear fear that we lived with. Yeah, absolutely. The Second Cold War. Yeah, well, I didn't, use, didn't know it was called the Second no, Cold War. I didn't even know it was called the Cold War. I just knew that we lived with the danger of mm. nuclear holocaust. When the Wind Blows. Can I say that? Yeah. Have you seen that film, read the book? No. Is it a musical as well? I think there is some well, kind of musical element no, I think that's where the whistle blows. Right. I think you'd, you'd struggle to make a kind of nuclear holocaust musical. <laughs> <laughs> I dare say we could give it a go. We could give it a go this afternoon. You know my love of musicals. Oh, I do indeed. Yeah. Um, so, well, well I'm, I'm kind of warming to them a little bit now after Merrily. Yeah. Um, which I thoroughly enjoyed, as, as you all know. Uh, anyway, we live with that fear. Have uh, to say, I'm sitting here now trying to think of songs <laughs> or musicals that you can then turn into puns to do right. with the wall. Well, I'm going to struggle there because um, uh, I, I can't think of a single song um, relating. Oh, uh, any. No. <laughs> you pull out of that. I tell you what, answers on the postcard into the office, you yeah. will receive a prize from Mr. Ewing yeah. and sort of by post from me for the most amusing songs yes. that. Sort of do a pun on a musical song to yeah. do with the nuclear war. Yes. So uh, the the title is Cold War the Musical. We want yeah. songs for yeah. Cold War the Musical. Yeah. There will be a prize if they're if they're good. If they're rubbish, there won't be a prize. No. But if they're good, they'll be read out on a on a future podcast maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. We can make this a two way process perhaps. Yeah. Um. Okay then. So. <laughs> can I say Ronald Reagan? Yes, you can. Uh, I know you like a bit of alliteration. Ronald, I think a lot of those actually. Yeah, American it president. It, it helps you, doesn't it? It didn't help Jesse Jackson. It didn't help Jesse Jackson. Uh, Bill Blinton never <laughs> quite made it. <laughs> that, that's simply not going to work. Um, Ronald yeah, Reagan, what did, he, what did he call the USSR? He called the USSR the evil empire. I think that's unnecessary. And it cruel. is, but he was an actor. Can I just say, I think... Americans in particular massively overuse the word evil. In the sense that, do you mean that from a kind of spiritual sense almost? I don't know, it just seems they're ready to brand anything evil, when to me evil is a special word meaning something really, really dastardly. I feel the same way about people using hate. I was going to just bring that up. I, you know, I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how ironic. I don't like it when students say, I hate that teacher. Yes, or I hate that person. That actually means that you might want to kill them. You wish they were dead. Yeah, and I don't think any student out there hates a teacher Please. enough to actually want to kill Please, them. Please, no. Please I actually them. think you can only really hate someone when you blot them. <laughs> oh, hello. I that's think, extraordinary. I just think that's, I think there's such a strength of emotion within hate that you need to have, you need to have felt such a deep emotion for someone that you're able to feel the antithesis of love, which for me is hate. Wow, I, I'm just, that's just sinking in a little bit there. Um, you said in a previous podcast it was acceptable to be glad that Stalin had died. Yes. Did you ever love him? 
What do you mean? Well, you're kind of you implied that you hated Stalin. But I didn't say no. I don't think I. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think I did hate Stalin. I thought he wasn't a nice guy. Really? Uh, <laughs> for those that that news <laughs> headline. Um, I don't do think that. I just think hate is so is so powerful. Yeah, I don't know about your love either. No, right, fair enough. It's just floating it out there. Okay, so you know, we're here to educate, but also philosophise. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I don't think that was in our initial. Reading. We're in a shed, summer house, and uh, if Mr. Know, Davis finds out we're philosophising instead of simply revising, he's going to pull the plug on this. Operation. We're educating the whole child, not okay. just the uh, GCSE child. It's a also, Mr. Davis doesn't employ me anymore. That's true. Not as the school, I could, I could swear. But these um, are going to be on the school website. No, In fact, true. if you're listening to it, they already are. Yeah. Um, and on iTunes. That's cool. Apparently <laughs> 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 there are some other GCSC podcasts yeah, on iTunes. I doubt whether they're very good. They're rubbish. Um, very hard to make a good podcast. As <laughs> we're, we're trying to demonstrate today. <laughs> podcast number five shows. Uh, anyway, so Reagan's at the Evil Empire. Then he introduced SDI, Strategic Defense Initiative, Star Wars, yeah. as it was cleverly known. Which to me was the most exciting thing about the Cold War. Because as a child, had come out. Because I was 11 and uh, Star Wars had been out for you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I thought, wow, that sounds cool. There's a whole sort of, I'm going to stop going off on one in a minute, but there's a whole study of how Star Wars kind of reflects the sort of rise of dictatorships and uh, the loss of individualism. Yeah. You look at the stormtroopers. I mean, you probably yeah. make a close, closer parallel to the Nazis yeah. with stormtroopers and. Um, you know, Have you heard the controversial Star Wars analogy thing? That uh, if you match up oh, yeah. um, the kind of the Islamic terrorism mm. uh, and put it in a, a Star Wars perspective, it's possible to cast. I don't, don't want to say. I don't want to go any further with this, maybe, but it's possible to cast America as the bad guys to some extent. Right. Bec- and, and people say, well, that's not true because Islamic terrorists kill innocent people. Mm. But then the, the classic counter argument to that is. Yeah, but there must have been cleaners and maintenance staff on the desk. <laughs> 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 stormtroopers might have been quite nice folks. They might have been. There's a very funny Mitchell and Webb sketch. Yeah, uh, another one. The two Nazi soldiers who sit there, a bit like us, sitting there musing about the life, and one takes off their hat and looks at their hat and's like, oh goodness me, we've got, you see, we've got skulls <laughs> on our hat, and then the other one goes. I mean, we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. Very good sketch. Anyway, that's me clapping. Um, pressing on, um, a lot of people dying in the Kremlin in the early 80s. Yes, they had a bad run. Brezhnev, Andropov, Chernenko. It was, it yeah. was like Charlton's season. <laughs> you know, it was like Kirbishly to uh, Dowie to Reed, and then finally some stability with, with Pardew. But a bit like Charlton's season, why did they keep employing someone who clearly didn't have long left? I mean, Chernenko... Mm was really old, apparently had known health problems, yet was appointed yeah. as the Russian Chase premier. Pair of hands. Yeah, <laughs> a pair of hands. Yeah, a pair of dead hands. Until he went, yeah, <laughs> until he died. Until <laughs> he went one. <laughs> 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 right, anyway, then we get, the, the, oh, there's a, the, there's a cat stone. Yeah. Uh, then we get everyone's hero, unless you're a Russian, mm. Gorbachev, a man who divides opinion in the Soviet Union, but is generally loved in the West. Hence being called affectionately Gorby. Yeah. And Gorby mania breaking out in, in yeah. the West. Yeah. Um, and his wife known to be Rita. very nice. Yeah, she well, I thought she was a bit feisty. Uh, I, I thought she, she clashed with um, Nancy Reagan. That's alright, because 
Nancy Reagan, Reagan was probably a nutter as well. She was a nutter. Well, she was right. the one that was told Reagan to follow all the um, horoscopes. Really? For American For American foreign policy. You're joking. No, I, I joke not. No, there's sort of new research out recently from White House insiders talking about how huge amount of Reagan's advice came from his horoscopes that, Re- that Nancy Reagan was obsessed with, uh, with his horoscopes. You know what that puts me in mind of? Gregory Rasputin and the Tsarina. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying. But I don't know if Gregory Rasputin... No, I do know if Gregory <laughs> Rasputin, you know, yeah. had a... Yes. And Reagan didn't. I don't think Nancy did. That's <laughs> unlikely. That would be a story. Horrible. Anyway, uh, Gorbachev had his policies of Karotroika. Karotroika. Yellow blue bus. Karasho. He was a really bad man. And... Um, that's kind of liberalised. It's a bit like secret speech all over again. Um, but but Reagan, Reagan really liked him, and that was weird. Reagan and Gorby. Yeah. But I think that was key to the Cold War oh, yeah. coming to an end, wasn't it? A personal relationship between the but two. But I think Reagan really liked him. I think Gorbachev thought Reagan was a bit of a loser. There's a famous quote from one of Gorbachev's aides. The very first time they met, <coughs> they went and had their meeting, and then they went back to their teams. Mm. And Gorbachev said, I've just met a caveman. Really? Yeah. Uh, he saw right through Reagan mm. as being a little bit stupid. Um, but they, they're outwardly they got on anyway. Um, and Reagan was adored in America. Yeah. Well, by the Republicans. He was a tax cutter, and that helped to bring the Cold War to Yeah, and he was an ex-Hollywood star and all that sort of thing. He was Schwarzenegger yeah. all over again. Just going back to something putting my exam, examiner's hat on, often the right. 1980s bit of the Cold War people fall down on, don't they, when mm. they come to revising it? They... You've learned so much of the Cold War by then. We teachers tend to rush through it a little bit. Yeah. So you do need to learn the kind of chronology of what yeah. happens between Super 79. Super squabbles. Yeah. You know, and you need to be making references to Moscow Olympics, LA Olympics. Yeah. Obviously, Star Wars. We talked about the deaths of the presidents. The Moscow Olympics is quite funny actually because I was nine when the Moscow Olympics took place. As the first Olympics I'd ever watched. Really. So I grew up. Think, I grew up thinking it was normal for Scottish people to win the men's hundred metres. <laughs> a Scottish person desperately holding off an Italian, and I thought, great. Yeah. You know, well done, the Scots. Later, Alan Wells. Later Olympics, well, people, later yeah. Olympics well. suddenly all these black people had appeared. Yeah. And generally did quite well. Yeah. Uh, so Alan Wells never really pushed for a second gold medal. Did, didn't he? Never really made it. <laughs> Wasn't on so the that that certainly confused me. I think he me. won it in about fourteen point five seconds that year. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly confused me as a child. Uh, but yeah, all that. Mr. Street's making a very good point, as usual. Uh, that you know, remember that page in the book, superpower squabbles. You need to yeah. have a few examples up your sleeve, as well as the big events. Remember the questions give you date parameters, the big questions. Mm-hmm. So you need to know your dates. You do. Not just to sort of you know show off, but actually say that when you see which dates you've been given in the question, yeah. you refer specifically to the events within that. And generally, the start and end date will mean something big happened in those dates. Yeah. If they say 49 to 56, they mean Berlin blockade to Hungarian... They actually often fit in with the dates of our GCSE revision talks. Mm, And podcasts. And podcasts, yeah. Um, I was going to suggest, actually, maybe online I can now, uh, that we we, we said we'd put the GCSE revision PowerPoints on the shared area on the website. Really? Okay, well, let's get on to it. I think a lot of students had a request for that. That's a good idea, Mr. Shea. Anyway, Sinatra Doctrine. Mm Mm-hmm because the countries of Eastern Europe were allowed to go their way. Yeah. Rather yeah. badly named. Generally, people think this sounds interesting, Sinatra Doctrine. Then when you explain why it's called that, they think that's pathetic. It's a bit of a rubbish. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, Gorbachev had run out of money because Comic-Con had just been a drain on the Soviet Union. Yeah. 
for such a big, rich country, it would become incredibly poor. The Soviet Union had been overspending forever. It had been overspending like, I really want a good analogy here, like, like let's say a wag whose yes. husband or boyfriend has actually not played for several years or is on the books of Barnet. Yeah. And she hasn't quite adjusted to that. And just keeps on going. Yeah. Um, it's a Friends episode where um, uh, Rachel mm-hmm. can't get used to not having a credit card. Right. Slightly girly analogy. But yeah, okay. Again, just, can't get, just keeps on spending yeah. and yeah. can't drop the budget. Yeah. And just uh, the Soviet Union is pushed further and further into debt. Yeah. Actually, my mum is a bit like that. Is she? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I was a bit like that at university. I was, a, I was like that at university. I had a real CD problem. That's really? not like a sexual disease. <laughs> 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 I mean, compact discs. Right. Um, uh, yeah, no, I did. I actually was slightly obsessive, obsessive in that if I walked into a CD shop, I'd have to buy mm. maybe four or five. Mm. Have you got some kind of manic depression? Mm, not anymore. <laughs> right. Good. Uh, well, I don't think I do. I don't think I do unless I just wipe it from my memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no CDs. <laughs> CDs. This is going to really make me sound sad. CDs had only just been invented when I went to Really? Yeah. That is sad. I bought CDs before I even had a CD player. Can you remember the first CD you ever bought? I can, yes. It was by the band James. Uh, oh, it was CD? No, it was, no, it was much more obscure and cool than that. Um, you like your obscure cool I music. I can't actually remember what the track was called. Um, Make it up because it's so obscure. And no, it I can remember how it goes, but I'm Shed not going to sing it for you. But it was quite a it was quite a depressing track. Was it? Yeah. It was a slightly spooky air. But anyway, the point is the Cold War ended and I think that's more important. <laughs> so uh Cold War did come to an end, nineteen eighty nine, Berlin I mean, just you know, I, I remember it um so well and vividly. Ask Mr. Davis about it. He's got oh, some, he's got some stories. stories about the Berlin Wall. He was in fact, I think he I think he Knocked it down. Yeah, the first hammer blow. Yeah. <laughs> you look carefully at the picture, there is Mr. Davis with a hammer knocking a hole through it. If you do look at a picture of someone knocking the whirling wall down, what you should be thinking is what a magnificent triumph for the human spirit. What you will actually find yourself thinking is, look at those mullets and skin tight stonewash jeans. I don't think Mr. Davis was really. No, no, no good, heaven forbid. Um, but honestly, genuinely, talk to him about it. The first time he told me about it, I'd have sat there for hours listening to really? him. Really? It was brilliant. It was Good just, patience. No, it was really, really interesting about it. And um, did you hit him back with some Cuba stories? Oh <laughs> boy, did I hit him back. We matched uh, stories. <laughs> Plugged it out. <laughs> anyway, I think we're ready to press stop there, because I think that's a, a, quite a long podcast. Yeah, okay, that is a long we'll podcast. Come we'll come back, come back with some divided union. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the Cold War. Yeah. It's great. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.